If you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Precious in the sight of the Lord, the death of his saints. God said, hello, we said, we'll see you later. And it's really good for God, it's really hard for us. Uh, Miss Melba, uh, we love you. Your son loved you very much. And I know you loved him. And we thank you so much for raising a boy that would love the Lord. Miss Connie, thank you for the role that you played in your brother's life. Miss Melody could not be here tonight, certainly grieve, and she's probably watching online. But, uh, and for each of you who called him dad, thank you for your love. You mean a lot to your dad. And then just sent, uh, I don't know, there's words to say how much Brother Paul loved you. You're a wonderful tandem together. And you'll be fine. God's helping you, and he's helped you, and he will. We'll do our best to love like John Michael challenged us to do. And for those 14 of you that called him Grandpa, and little Jacinta's not doing it yet, I don't think, but uh, he had a wonderful grandfather, and we love him, and I know he loved you, and uh, we'll pray the Lord will help, help you during this time. When I think about Paul Collins, I think about the ministry, of course, Brother Vaprazan was the first graduate of our college to go out and start a church. He was raised in this church and uh, through the ministry of Brother Hiles, and I think even before that, and he was the first graduate of Hiles Anderson College to start a church, and God let him do that in the Detroit area. It's pretty fitting tonight that he would be here in our assembly and have a role in bringing Paul Collins back to the Lord, exposing him to this place. And then for John Michael to come to college here and they open up an RU program for men to get some help under the direction of Brother Scop and of course Brother George Ramp that we love very much. And then him to think this could help dad, he's having a hard time and bring him here, and then him graduate so quickly, and then just decide, you know, I think I want to make my home here. And to be such an intricate part of this ministry, what a blessed church we have been. And um, when you think of preaching a message, really Paul Collins preached really loud. Our sermons whisper, but our life shouts. Our loudest message is not a 30-minute or 40-minute or 45-minute message you preach. I can't remember what I said this morning, and you certainly do not remember. But, uh, but we do remember people's lives and their consistency, their faithfulness. And we had a very loud message in the life and times of Paul Collins. And it was in the Lord's will that he be taken from us quickly, 
And that's exactly what needed to happen. It's not tragic. It's, these are things that God decides. And, uh, but there are times for us to learn and to be grave and sober as we consider uh, what God's trying to do. He's the giver of life. He's the taker of life. He does all things well. He's never made a mistake. Our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. He doesn't owe us an, an explanation. He does what he wants to do, and our job is to realize he's always good in good times and bad times. When we understand, when we don't understand, our Lord is gracious and good. And it was good to give us Paul Collins for 56 years, or however long, 66 years, 66 years, and uh, certainly good to allow us to remember him this evening. When I understood that Paul was sick, and he was at Munster Community. I told Linda I need to try to get into that hospital. It's been very rare for me to get into a hospital. I'm very used to hospital rooms and ERs and ICUs. So thankful for Brother Moffat. He's so faithful to do that for our church. But I can't let him do it all. I, I like to do some of that. If I can, I want to do that. But I wasn't sure. He has a badge. And... He's been given chaplaincy and some of those. I called up there and I said, I really need to see a man that is going to go to heaven tonight if I can. And they said, let me wait a minute. And they contacted some people and the, the operator said, uh, the nurse said, I think you could come, come. And so Linda and I went up there and I able to see um, Crystal and Tim and three of the oldest kids and just sent them. They're calm. They saw the handwriting on the wall. The doctors had told them that in a few hours, his brain has bled out and has put a tremendous, the blood has put pressure on his head and his, his brain has shifted to one side. He's not going to come out of this. It's just a matter of time till his heart gives out. And we don't know when that is. And they told me that two of the kids were trying hard to get here right away and the other would be here whenever this day would come. And um, as I walked out, we got to see Miss Rocky Shalafu and Brother Jose Ruiz, who are two other mem members of our church in the same hospital. But um, I couldn't help but think of a guy in the Bible named Stephanus. Because I know why Paul came here. He came because he was addicted to crack cocaine. And... The only time the word addicted is found in the Bible is with a man named Stephanus. He was one of the early days of Apostle Paul. When he came to, to Corinth, he was beaten up. He was still nursing wounds from Philippi and, and threats from Thessalonica and Berea. But what was really resonating in his heart was the joking and the fun and the mockery that was done on Athens at Mars Hill when they made fun of him. And he was by himself. He had sent Timothy and Silas to go back and disciple the new believers. And by himself, he took in all the mocking and the joking from the elite of the day and the Aristotles, the Socrates or the like that would have made fun of him. And as he went to Corinth, he went and he went to the Sabbath. He went to the, on the Sabbath day, went to the synagogue. But he didn't witness. 
The great Christian that we know is the Apostle Paul did not speak. He's, he's like, he just listened, he talked, he participated, but he didn't give the gospel. But one of those Sabbath days, Timothy and Silas came and it made him want to start talking. <laughs> and so he started witnessing. And when he did, instead of a revival, a, a riot broke out. His life was threatened. He moved into the house next door with a guy named Justice. Crispus was also one of the leaders there, and they, they stayed there together. And Paul, in the night, the Lord gave to him and said, don't be afraid. I want you to speak boldly here. No one's going to hurt you in this town. I think in his mind, he was afraid, didn't want to get hurt again. He didn't want another beating. He didn't want another stoning. He didn't want another uh, rods or uh, hurt. And said, no one's going to hurt you here. And he stayed there for a year and a half. And one of the first converts that got saved was a guy named Stephanus. Paul stayed there for a year and a half. And he went on to other places of ministry. When he heard that the church was struggling, he wrote the book of 1 Corinthians. It's 16 chapters of our Bible. And it's very strong. Because they had lots of problems there. There are multiple problems. And he addresses each problem, the problems of the abuse and of the gifts, the, the, the cantankerous um, arguments they were having, who's the best pastor, who's the best assistant pastor, when are they going to church, when so-and-so's preaching, and that kind of a thing. The, the childlessness, the carnality of the people, the carnality of the folks, the lawsuits that were going on between the members, and and uh, the immorality that was going unchecked in the church. He just strategically, one by one, dealt with each of those. The false teaching of the resurrection in chapter 15. The lack of love in chapter 13, the great love chapter. And in chapter 16, he's closing out. And he tells them, he goes, I want Paulus to come, but Paulus does not want to come to you. He's, he, he'll come in a convenient time. But he tells them, watch you like men, be strong. Stand fast. And he tells them, do they let all your things be done with charity? And then he speaks about this man named Stephanus. Look in the Bible, if you would, please, with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 16, verse number 15. Read verse number 15 with me, would you please? Actually, 14 would be better to read together. Can we read it? Let all your things, one more time. That means everything we do, charity ought to be on the inside. It ought to be the reason that we do it. Everything we do should be because of a love for God and love for others. I think Paul was a good example of that, don't you? Verse 15 says, I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that it's the first fruits of Achaia, one of the first people that got saved while I was there, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That ye submit yourselves unto such, and to every one that helpeth with us, and laboreth. I am glad at the coming of Stephanus, and Fortunatus, and Achaicus. That's the only time we find those two names in the Bible, but they, were, they accompanied Stephanus. And that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. They have refreshed my spirit, and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are such." Our Father, in a few moments, will share just a, a few thoughts from this passage. Please help me. Uh, I feel very emotional. And I, I remember what it was like as a parent to lose a child. 
and remember some of these feelings and emotions and I feel for his mom tonight. I tried to comfort brothers and sisters of, of our son, and I knew that hurt them, and they've had a lot longer to enjoy Paul. And it makes me sad, but at the same time, I'm glad. I'm glad that there's a heaven. I'm glad that they're with you, and I'm glad that you're with us. I pray you'd help us to make these points quickly, and may we observe something that might help us when we think of the life and times of Paul Collins, we'll also remind ourselves that we have our life and times. In just a few days, we'll sign off on our own autobiography, unedited. When we breathe our last breath, we'll say, it's done. It's over. And we'll be glad we did or wish we would have, as Brother Vaporzan reminded us a moment ago. Please help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. She look about Stephanus, and once again, Paul gets the information that he knows about the church from this man. He and his two friends, Fortunatus and Achaicus, come, and they come, and they see the apostle Paul. He's probably in Ephesus at the time, and he is spending three years there in the school of Tyrannius teaching preacher boys how to pastor people and how to start churches and how to win the lost. And these three men come and they show up. And when they come, it refreshes Paul a lot. He was excited about seeing them and they were happy to see him and vice versa. And he remembers and he says a couple things about this man. And I don't care who you are tonight. I don't know if you're in the balcony or the main floor, if you're a man or a woman, if you're young or old, if you've been saved for decades or just a few minutes. All of us can learn from the house of Stephanus. And I think we can learn and we can see a mirror of this man and Paul Collins to some extent. He says, first of all, I beseech you that you know the house of Stephanus. You know who we know in First Baptist Church? It's a large church. But most of us know the servants. Most of us know the second mile Christians. Most of us know the consistent ones. Oh, we know some others too that... They've got a ceiling of, 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 uh, of service, but it's fairly low. They're not someone, they're not the friend at midnight. <laughs> but he says, you know the house of Stephanus. May, may I say to you, they were addicted to the ministry of the saints. He was addicted to it. He had to do something like, a, like a, someone who's addicted to alcohol or drugs or cigarettes or, or pornography or something that uh, gambling or whatever it might be, ho-hos or Twinkies. You just got to get them. I got to have them. He said, you know what this guy was? He was addicted to helping people. He was addicted to ministering those people that are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, first of all, his ministry was obvious. You know it. Everybody knows it. And I want you to know, one day we'll be known even as also we're known. You don't want to be a flashpan Christian. Vance Havner said years ago, he said, most Christians oftentimes are shooting stars that shoot off the night sky and light up, and then they fade off into oblivion. But what we need is not shooting stars. We need faithful stars that come out every night. The darks of night, they show up and they add some light to a dark world. That's what we need, and that's what Paul was. I would say that, number one, his ministry was obvious. 
Number two, you know the house of Stephanus. I'm kind of glad that Paul Collins had a Jacintha. <laughs> you almost didn't say one without the other. That's a pretty neat thing. John and Linda Vaprazan kind of go together. People that, he said, you know the house. It obviously wasn't just Stephanus. His, his wife was on board. His kids were on board. Somebody who lived in his house, they all, it was all of us all the way. Serving the Lord together. And I want to challenge couples, especially you starting out, and those of you who have been around in a while, why don't you decide, hey, we're going to do this together. I'm going to help you, honey. I watched a missionary of the day, and here's a fellow that was raised in a foreign mission field, and he met a girl here in the States, and, and she now has lived on the foreign mission field for many years. And she said publicly, was it hard? I asked her, was it hard to adjust? She goes, yeah, a little bit. She said, but I had determined a long time ago that if I could do anything to help him do what God called him to do, I was going to do it. What a great testimony. When I think about Stephanus, I can't help but think about a, his wife and his kids. They came along on the journey with them. It's a beautiful testimony. His ministry was not only known and obvious, it was plural. Once you notice the second thing, if you look in the third thing that you'll see there, they were the first fruits of the, of the, of the, the region of Achaia. What that means is they were one of the first that got saved and they were still serving after many years. They had tenure. They weren't just someone who did it for a few weeks and a few months. Oh, we can find lots of people that'll do something for us, a program in the spring program or, a, or, or fall program. They'll do something, they'll watch the nursery for a while, they'll clean the building for a while, but it's easy to fizzle out on those things. But I think I like about Stephanus is, number one, his ministry was obvious. Number two, it was plural. His wife and kids got involved. And they followed along on the journey. I think it's a beautiful thing. But also, it was tenured. It wasn't just a flash pan one weekend, one year, after years and years have gone by, they're still doing the right thing, the right way, for the right reason for a long time. Pretty impressive. They're addicted to the ministry of saints, and it was an obvious ministry. It was a plural ministry. It was one that was tenured. I would say also it was one that was continual. They were addicted. They just kept doing it day after day, week after week. Without respect of persons. You know, I, I think it's so important that we learn this from a Stephanus and from Paul. I can't imagine. We you know when I think about this building, it was put here in 2006. So it, it's, uh, I don't, what does that make it? About 15 years old. Maybe almost 16 years old. But sometimes it looks just like it did when it was first put here. And that can only happen because somebody cares about it. Somebody continues to, I think about the weddings. Last year we had 25 weddings here on our church property. And the weddings, for most of us, we show up, we look and we wonder, is there going to be food at the reception? That's what my boys want to know anyway. My girls, they're ready to go ahead of time. They're just rubbernecking, looking at all the dresses. My boys say, is there going to be food? <laughs> but if there's food at the reception, someone's got to clean that. When we all leave, somebody's and that was Paul Collins. You say, well, the arch was so beautiful. That means if you saw an arch, that means the pulpit wasn't here. 
The chairs weren't here. The, the orchestra chairs were not there. Everything's put away. But you know, I think it's a beautiful thing. It was continual, without complaint. It was addicted. What can I do to help? How can I be a blessing? His ministry was obvious. It was plural. The family got involved. It was long-term. It was tenured. From They were the first people that could save, and they just kept doing the right thing. It was continual. They, had, they were addicted to it. They had to help somebody. What can I do to help somebody? Then I find it was diligent. Look, if you would please, if you can please, the Bible says in verse 16 that you, you submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and what? Laboreth. The reason many people do not serve God long term is because it's W-O-R-K. It's work. It's challenging. He says, so if you find someone who will do the right thing the right way for a long time, for the right reason, they're going to be willing to not be afraid of work. They're going to work through it. We're, we're, we're in a society where when you have a hard thing, you transition out rather than transform through. If it looks like work or an elbow grease, we avoid it. But he says, if you find someone who works and helps us, then follow that person because they're worthy of leadership. I don't think Paul Collins, in my opinion, was that natural leader. He didn't walk into a place and say, well, let's follow that guy. But you know why he was worthy of, of follow? Because of his labor and his work ethic and his continual commitment doing the right thing the right way. Why? Because they did it together. They served the Lord and and it was obvious. The last thing we see here, that it was refreshing. One more thought before that, after that. The last thing is refreshing. He said, I am so glad at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus. But then he says something here, for that which was lacking on your part, the church at Corinth, he, they weren't the only three guys in the church. But they were three guys who left Corinth and went to Ephesus most likely and there encouraged the Apostle Paul. He said, that which was lacking in your part, I don't think the church of Corinth ever thought of helping the Apostle Paul. They complicated his life, but they didn't help him too much. He said, but that which you didn't do, they took. You know, one of the reasons why we all ought to be faithful is for those who could be faithful and they're not. You know why you might want to keep your driver's license to drive a bus or get one? For people who had the license or could get the license, but they don't. You know why you might want to watch the nursery? For people who could walk the, watch the nursery, but they don't. You might want to work in a junior church or, a, or teach a Sunday school class or maybe be a welcome greeter someplace. For people who could do it, but they're not interested. That which is lacking in your part, it's necessary. In any church, whether it be First Baptist Church or any place that you would go, or those of you who are listening by way of, of live stream or the radio, whatever church you go to, one of the reasons we ought to be faithful is because our work is necessary to do what other people could do, but they're not. When I think about a Stephanus, I would think, you know what? There are many people, Paul could have made a lot more money working somewhere else for a lot less. I had a man today tell me, and I thought it was kind of good, he goes, I have worked a lot, lot harder for a lot less money than I do now. I don't work as hard and I get paid more now 
for, for a job. You know, the truth of the matter is, not many people want to work cleaning up after hundreds and thousands of people who mess up and do it again on Wednesday, for Thursday for Wednesday, and do it again on Monday for the next Wednesday. And Sunday afternoon when we're eating lunch, they're still around here. When I, when I, saw, when I saw Paul in the hospital, I couldn't help but thinking about some of our men, some of which are with the Lord today. Some of the pictures you saw of some of the guys who used to work in the auditorium, that he went to go see them. <laughs> They're already in heaven, and he said hello to them. I think about the Mesa Witch kids. Every Sunday afternoon, they're the group that stick around, vacuum the entire foyer. Think about Brother Michael, who washes every window and every door of the whole building before he goes home in the afternoon. Think about Brother Paul going and getting his jeans on, getting things together for tonight, and doing the same thing the same way, faithfully doing it without complaint. I'm sure he might have complained to Jacinta, but not to me. Might have complained to other folks, but not to us. I think we do it because there are some people who could do it. And you know what the truth of the matter is? Some of us, we need to be the next man up. Heard about Sam Jones. He was preaching. And he preached really hard against sin for a long time on Monday night and Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. He said, listen, anybody giving up anything? Anybody, anybody, anybody laying down some sin and stop doing some wrong things? And one lady said, you know what? I've been a gossip and I'm going to quit. And people clapped. Said, That's good. Anybody else got something you're dealing with, sin you're dealing with? He goes, well, the guy said, I've been, I've been drinking and I'm going to quit. One little boy stood up and said, I've been disobeying my mom and I'm going to quit. And boy, numbers of people were telling things they were doing. I've been critical. i got an opinion about everything. I go tell everybody. I'm going to quit. I'm just going to be cooperative. I'm going to quit being a criticizer. People clapped. That's good. That's good. After numbers of testimonies, one little lady in the front said, she's an older lady. She stood up and she goes, I ain't been doing nothing and I'm going to quit. <laughs> You know, that may be some of us today. We might say, you know what, next man up, it's my time to step up. With or without a paycheck, with or without recognition, with or without anyone knowing, let me do something that would be tenured, that would be work, that would be worthy of leadership, that would be obvious, that would be even maybe together as a family. And I can pick up the slack for people who could do it. That was just lacking on someone's part, I could do that. And I can refresh the heart of God's men, God's leaders, and everyone around them. He said, you've, Stephanus, Paul said, he's refreshed my heart, and he's refreshed yours. And then lastly, I would just say, it's rewarded. Hebrews chapter 6. Let's take our Bibles here as we conclude tonight. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10. If you don't have this underlined in your Bible, this is a verse of Scripture. I said 6. Yes, 6, verse number 10. If you, don't, if you are not in the habit of underlining the Bible, I'd like to encourage you to underline it. Circle it. Let's read it together, can we please? Chapter 6, verse 10 of Hebrews, and we'll conclude. Are you ready? For God is not unrighteous in labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints. You ever wonder if what you do that no one knows it will ever be rewarded? That's a verse that tells us it will. He said, God is not unrighteous. He's kept a very accurate note of everything anyone does to minister to the saints. 
And if you do it, God will reward. God will honor, just like he did Stephanus. We're still talking about him. He was a man who was addicted to the ministry. 